Welcome to the Building Heroes Podcast, where we learn to build heroes in our homes to help our kids be prepared for their life journeys. Hi, I'm your host, Molly Christensen, and I love to encourage and mentor you on your path. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 108 of the Building Heroes podcast, and today I have a real treat for you, or maybe for me too. Uh, <laughs> I want to introduce you to my guest. This is Maureen Spell. She goes by Mo, and I was really excited to meet her because we have so much in common. We barely just met, but we're both homeschool moms of seven, and we are both mindset life coaches as well. So I'm excited for our podcast discussion today, and we're going to talk about some interesting things, I'm going to bet. So, Mo, I just want to turn the time over to you to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us your story. Thank you so much, Molly. So Molly did um, tell you that I am most Bell. I have seven kids. And when we think about homeschooling, that was not like my plan. My plan before I got married was I was going to be a school teacher. That was going to be the perfect job for me to raise a family, be home for them at the same time. And lo and behold, things changed with my first child. And we started navigating this idea of like, I wanted more time. My child kind of had this um, more of a black and white thinking. And so I wanted more time to just be able to spend um, teaching, training. And so we started our homeschool journey on like a, a trial basis year by year. And here we are 20 some years later, and it has become a lifestyle. And um I, it, I would say that it has been smooth sailing, but I'd be lying to you because <laughs> as any journey um, goes, there are ups and downs, there are um, struggles, there are triumphs, and we navigated a lot of that. And I think like where I am now in our family journey, our homeschool journey, I've graduated three of my kids, they're out, they're married, they're on their own. And so I still have four um, that are in my um, house that I'm, I'm homeschooling, but I have the gift of hindsight now as a veteran homeschool mom. And it doesn't mean I know what in the world to do. It no, it, what it does is I have this gift of hindsight to say, oh my goodness, I trusted my gut then. And this is what came out of it. So in these new decisions that I have with my kids, because all, all my kids are different. I can trust my gut here and know that we can navigate through that. And so I think that's kind of the conversation that uh, I would love to have with you, Molly, um, because I think that as veteran homeschool moms, it doesn't mean that we know everything. What it means is that we have that evidence that says if it, if, if it works here, the decisions we make, we have learned how to navigate so that it will work again, even if it's totally different. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with my homeschool journey and my family journey right now. Oh yeah. I love that so much. And that's actually one reason why I wanted to do a po podcast is because I remember those days where I was just like <laughs> acting mm -hmm. and that I was going to just mess everything up 
Yes. But didn't trust myself. And what helped me a lot of times was looking to the more veteran homeschool moms and say, well, you know, it turned out all right over there. And so I love that the gift of hindsight is such a real thing. <laughs> yeah. And so that's like the encouragement we get to give to mm-hmm. you who are listening, who maybe are just starting or in the middle of your journey and wondering um, exactly what you said. Am I going to mess them up? Am I going to mess this up? Will it really work for us? Um, what if I can't teach X, Y, and Z? What if they're, you know, all those which I now call stories that I would tell myself and I'd get all stuck and wrapped in those and worried. And that would suck the joy out of what I was actually doing in the moment. And, um, what, one of the, uh, one of the seasons that I was in, I had a season in my life where I had all ages and stages. I had infants, I had toddlers, I had preschoolers, middle school, like elementary, middle school, high school. Right all of those. And I thought I was going to lose it. Um, I was very overwhelmed. I was a stressed out mom in that period. Um, I was in survival mode also. And, um, I remember just being like, what, like the, the main thing I could do was like, okay, let's just do a read aloud. (laughs) Everyone let's do the read aloud. Um, but in that period, I was so depleted of joy, of energy, of um, even really purpose, because I was just in that survival mode part um, that I thought, like, I'm totally messing everything up. And it wasn't until I hit a breaking point where I was like, my health is really being impacted on how I'm, how stressed I am (laughs) trying to, to carry all of the ages and stages, trying to carry all the weight on my shoulders. Um, When I realized I've got to change something. I was waiting, and some of you might relate to this. I was waiting for my circumstances to change in order to feel a certain way, in order to feel rested, in order to feel calm, in order to feel um, joyful, in order to feel like I knew in the world I was doing. So I was looking at the, how my, my circumstances were, which were, they were a little chaotic because I had seven kids all in different stages, but, and I kept telling myself once, once they are X, Y, and Z age, then once we hit this, then, right. And that was the lie I lived in. And I love how with, um, what you teach is it's this hero's journey. And what I was doing though, with my journey was looking ahead and not appreciating where I was in the journey. I was waiting for the destination to be the um, the end all for like how I feel. And it wasn't until I realized that oh, I can change things on this journey and, and, and embrace the moments instead of looking forward to the milestones. Because I had all this future thinking that I, that I I was looking at my future to be the thing that would fix my present circumstances. And so that's why I was so overwhelmed. Like, I'm like, I can't be a good mom to all these kids right now. I have to wait until they're older. Then, then things will change. And so I, li- I lived stuck thinking that, um, that lie of 
my circumstances have to change in order for me to feel a certain way. And it wasn't until I, I got to a point where I'm like, no, some of these circumstances I can't change. Like I can't change that my toddler's a toddler right now. My toddler's acting how my toddler's supposed to act, right? So instead, what I can't change is what I'm telling myself about my circumstances. And see, I had been telling myself I'm overwhelmed. I can't do this. There's too much chaos. It's all on my shoulders. And that's what I was telling myself. And then I I got to a point where like, okay, that is not producing the life I want. That's not producing joy. It's not producing happiness. I'm a stressed out mom. I don't want my kids to remember this time of me being just a stressed out mom. And so I had to pause and, and say like, what is more important, the most important thing to me? And it was, I wanted to create good memories with my kids while learning. That meant I had to do a lot of switching of my expectations for my children, for myself, for my husband. I didn't recognize when I was all overwhelmed that part of the overwhelm was the expectations I was holding for myself and my family that weren't being met. And I was frustrated about that. Oh man, I can relate to that so deeply. (laughs) Like I could probably tell that same story, basically, maybe not as articulately as you just did, but I mean, that, I think that's just so common for us as mothers is that we want so badly to succeed and, and we feel the weight of having our children's education on our shoulders and that we have these amazing expectations of what we should be able to do, which weighs on our shitters here, you know, (laughs) and, and it's tough. It is really, really tough because we do blame our circumstances or the people around us. You know, Mm -hmm. if I had, you know, my kids are just hard. They're, they're, you know, all kids are hard, you know, (laughs) or, or my husband's not supportive. Well, he wants to be supportive, but you don't even know what you want. Right. (laughs) And that was the, the expectations part. Most of those expectations, those shoulds are, are either subconscious, like you don't even recognize you are holding them for you and others. They're never, they're never discussed, right? There's some expectations that we can have for our kids. Like I do expect my kids to clean up after themselves. Right. But I have articulated that. Right. Yeah. But there's all these expectations. And what I noticed is I had my ideal version of myself that I was holding expectations to. So I was, I would be like comparing myself, not to another homeschool mom, but to my ideal version of what I should be doing. Well, here I had seven kids. Every child that I, that entered our family became a new season. It became a new thing because when, after my first child and I had my second child, that was the first time I was a mom to two. Then it was the mom to three, right? Mm -hmm. So why should I expect that I should function the way I did in the previous season? Yeah. But yet I did. Yeah. Oh, we totally do that. And that word should, Mm -hmm. that's a downer. Yes. (laughs) It's a huge downer. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this a little earlier about how on our journeys, 
you know, knowing the hero's journey is really helpful because it kind of makes our lives a little more predictable. I mean, it doesn't tell us all the, you know, specific details of what's going to happen, but we know certain things are going to happen on our journeys. Like one of them is, is that we are going to run into issues. Mm-hmm. We are going to struggle. And that doesn't mean we're failing and it doesn't mean we're bad. It just means, oh, we have run into something on our path that's there to help us figure out something, to help us learn and grow. And and quite often, it's not like somebody's coming up and putting a big, you know, obstacle stumbling block in front of us just to bug us. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's more just life. And life is, is, this is what you said to me earlier. You said, if there's one thing that's constant about life is it's change. And sometimes that change can show up and look like a stumbling block to us, but we don't recognize it sometimes. Just sometimes go back to that should like, wait, I should know how to navigate this. Well, why should you, you haven't hit that part of your journey yet. Right. And, um, (laughs) like going back to the stages in every, every age and stage, I like to, to say has its joys and its struggles, like your toddler stages. There's some really fun things with toddlers. There well, really are, but yet there's some training things in, in toddlerhood that have, have to happen every age and stage. So why do we have that expectation that if something is hard, we're doing something wrong. We make it our identity. It's not our identity. And like you said, if we already know on this journey that there are going to be some struggles, then we can, then, then we know that it's not our identity. It's just a part of the journey. And so then we get to say, what may, what does this struggle make possible? What does this struggle make possible? That switches something in your brain um, from your safety brain, because whenever we think of struggles, there's a part of our brain that wants to go back to our safety zone. And so usually it's fight, um, fight, flight, or, or freeze, right? And so we think that we have to protect ourselves from those hard things. But what if, if we already know that they're going to be a part of the journey, then we could change what we tell ourselves about the hard things. They can be something that, that is a catalyst for growth. I was talking with a group of ladies and we were talking about pain, the role of pain in our life. Pain is a part of life. Pain are, we have, we feel pain because that's how our body lets us know, oops, like don't touch that hot, that hot stove. Right. And so, but we think that pain is bad. When we get into this either this one or the other categorical thinking, that's when we have issues, right? So then we think, oh, all pain is bad. Well, what about athletes? They kind of push themselves and they feel pain in their muscles. They they feel the pain in their lungs when they're running, right? But they know that it's pushing them to a new level. So we get to when there's obstacles. We, the thing we have control over is not necessarily the circumstances of the obstacles. It's what we tell ourselves about it. And so when we're telling ourselves, like, I'm a failure, um, I'm no good, I'm a bad mom, and that, then we believe ourselves. And our, what we feel is related to that thought. 
the actions we take are related to that thought. But that's the one area we actually have control over. What are we telling ourselves about the circumstances? I'm going to become stronger because of this. I'm going to learn something through this. What does this make possible for us? Because yeah. sometimes, yeah, sometimes in those hard, hardest seasons, those are the ones you didn't plan for. And those are where you find new doors that open. Totally. Like so often I have heard, you know, your, your mess is your message because if you can get through that mess, you can help other people and you can tell them about how to do it, you know, and we can say things, you know, often we'll think, I remember thinking this all the time. Oh man, I'm a mess. No, I'm not a mess. I have a mess, but that doesn't make me a mess. It is all about the identity that we claim when we have the challenges in front of us. Right. Yeah. Because it's not, it's, it's not our identity. The challenges aren't our identity. We already have worth because we're, we're a person, right? Yep. Absolutely. We're worthy of love. We're worthy, you know, um, of life. And it's not based on what we do, but our brain wants to go there. So when we feel like our circumstances um, are either like you're moving into a new level, a new season, a hard season, coming out of a hard season, even coming out of a, a good season is a new season. Our brain sometimes is like, what do I need to do to fix this? Oh, I must need to learn how to do time blocking better. I must time management. I must not be good at my managing my time. If I was just good at managing my time, then I would feel on top of things, which that's a thought, but they would, then I would feel confident. Then I would feel like I'm a good mom. You can enter whatever thought you have there. And we, we look at what do I need to do to fix things? And we get stuck in this do cycle and then it doesn't work. Or it might work for a little bit, but then we can't sustain it. And then we're like, see, I'm a failure. Yep. And it's like this, this self-fulfilling prophecy cycle, because we are forgetting one step. We don't go to the do right away. We have to go to, what am I telling myself? What do I believe? Because that's the engine to our act, our actions. Our thoughts are the engines to our actions. We don't recognize that half the time because most of our thoughts are on a subconscious level, but our actions will, um, whatever actions we take are based on what we're telling ourselves, what we really believe. So if we're telling ourselves, I'm a bad homeschool mom, I'm a bad mom. I can't, I'm, I'm not smart enough to teach pre-calc. I'm not, whatever. Then you're going to, your brain is going to believe you. And you're going to find all the evidence to support that. <laughs> and yeah. so then it becomes this self-fulfilling, like sabotage. Yeah, because our brains, they want to protect us, yes. right? That is one of the functions of our brains is to protect us and also keep us comfortable and to keep us comfortable. Um, the most comfortable space to be in is when you're right, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we want to be right about everything. But that causes us a few problems because if what we're thinking isn't serving us and helping us become the mom that we want to be, um, 
our brain's still going to think we're right. And, and it's like you said, it's going to collect the evidence. See, you are a mess. Look at your front room. Yep. It's faster. I mean, see, right. it can't pull it together. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the craziest thing is, is when I learned this principle, I, I thought, no, but this is truth. I can see it. It's right here in front of me. Yeah. I know, I'm a mess. Cause look. Yeah. But, Our brains always believe what we tell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then when I started trying to change the thoughts, mm-hmm. I didn't even realize I was thinking this, you yeah. know, it's subconscious. But when I started learning this and saying, you have the power to change your thoughts, which can change your life. I was like, nah, that's not going to work. Right. Thought, right. But then I thought, you know what? A lot of people that are really smarter than me have figured this out. So why not try it? So I started mm-hmm. trying it. And I started shifting my thoughts more from, yeah, I have a mess. I can learn from my mess. I'm not a mess. I'm a good person. I'm more, right. you know, and shifting that was really, really hard. Because <laughs> we it, make it sound so easy when we talk about it. But yes. Yeah. But so I, I, I have to, you have to keep practicing until yeah. your brain can start seeing another perspective. Yeah, it has you it has to have time. You have to a belief is a thought thought over and over and over again. And so when you are able to change a thought, you are laying down new neural pathways. So it takes time because your brain wants to default to your old pattern of thinking. So I have this acronym and it's learn, which I think is like totally applicable for homeschool moms. So it's learn. L is limiting beliefs. And so, like you said, a limiting belief is a thought you hold that limits you in some way. It keeps you stuck in, in not growing. And so we, we have these thoughts and we don't recognize a lot of times because they're subconscious that, um, they're, they're keeping us stuck. They're keeping us stuck. So we have these limiting beliefs. We can have expectations, unrealistic expectations unvoiced expectations, those shoulds. And one of the things I like to say is why should I? Like if I'm sh- if I'm like trying to figure out, am I holding an unrealistic expectation for myself or for someone else? I'd be like, hey, why should I do this? Or why shouldn't I? Why should they? Did I communicate it? Like kind of getting some awareness here, which that's A, that's, that's, I was say, that's a much better use of the word should. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so L was limiting beliefs. We have those limiting beliefs. L is E is those expectations, those unrealistic or unvoiced expectations. A is awareness. Awareness is the beginning of change. You can't change anything if you're not aware of it. And so what I like to use and what I've learned um, is to use my feelings as a check engine light. And when I say feelings, because I bet there might be some of you who relate to what I'm going to say. I grew up in a home where um, basically I I can't even tell you what my feelings are, except for extreme like anger and happiness after something good had happened. Don't ask me if I was excited about something beforehand. No, because I, I I was so guarded. Everything was kind of stuffed. And so if people are like, what are you feeling today? I'm like, I don't know. But what I learned was I could recognize 
sensations in my body. Those were actually feelings. I might not have a name for it, but I could feel that tightness in my chest. I could feel maybe that openness because I was actually happy and like in my flow zone, or I could feel like the tension in the back of my neck. Those are feelings. Now we put names to a lot of those things and we like, okay, that's anger. That's excitement. That's, you know, whatever. But I can use those as a check engine light and say, wait, I'm feeling um, restless. Like I I feel like I want to move. My body feels like it really wants to move. What was I telling myself right before that? So I use it like a check engine light. Sometimes I'll use my actions as a check engine light too. I'll notice that I'm on my phone just watching cat videos. Oh, wait, what am I doing? (laughs) Why? What was I thinking right before that? Oh, I was thinking I have to grade X, Y, and Z, and that's too hard. (laughs) Oh, so let me just do, let me just numb out on cat videos or whatever. That awareness piece, when we actually start taking those subconscious thoughts, moving them to our conscious brain, that's awareness. Then we get to choose, do we want to keep it or not? Is this, is this thought or this story that I'm telling myself, is it helping me grow or is it keeping me stuck? One of the questions I like to say, is this hundred percent true? Is this story I'm telling myself hundred percent true? Because a lot of times it's not. <laughs> so yep. that awareness part is, is where things start to shift. You are aware of a thought or a story that you're telling yourself about a certain circumstance or situation, or even what your ability is, then you have the choice to renew your mind. And that's the R. And um, one of the things that I, I have learned is that our thoughts give us our feelings. And that's those sensations in our bodies because our thoughts pump out um, hormones, believe it or not. And that's what gives us, that gives us that nervous system regulation or dysregulation. Those are our feelings. And we make decisions based on how we want to feel or how we are feeling. It all starts with the thoughts though. Usually we want to go to, what do I need to do? What action do I need to take to fix this? But the first part is the thought. And then our actions, it could be either something we actually do or don't do, will give us the results that we have. Right. And so that awareness piece, I call it a mind map. Um, it could take like two seconds. No, not really two seconds, but, um, it will take like a minute of conscious thinking. What was I telling myself? I was telling myself that I'm, I'm too stressed. How was I feeling? Oh my goodness. I was feeling tightness in my chest. What was that? What was I doing as a result of that? Well, I was avoiding doing the real work I needed to do because I said I'm too stressed. I was eating ice cream as a reward for my stress. Whatever. There's an action. What result do I have? Um, My result is the one big thing didn't get done. And so it's still weighing on my mind and my mental to-do list and it's still causing me stress. But we get to shift that when it's like, okay, I'm feeling this stress. Okay. Why am I feeling this stress? Well, I feel like this is a big thing. Like if I mess it up, um, I, that I only have one chance. Is that hundred percent true? 
Hmm. Okay. No, it's not hundred percent true that if I mess this up, this is my only chance. I could just take small action and see where it goes. And that's a thought. And so that can change. And so I call that a mind map, just be a way to have awareness and be able to change that thought. So going back um, to an example, because I know there's there's going to be moms listening to this who are in survival mode right now. And they're going to be thinking this is a bunch of like, just, just hooey, right? Because they are so stressed. They are so overwhelmed and they really do need their circumstances to change. I will tell you, I was there. I was there, but the, what had to change was what I was telling myself about the circumstances. And for a, for one, one season of my life, my oldest son and I, we kind of like would butt heads all the time and he was not the easiest to homeschool. He really wasn't. It was, um, it was tension. It was, um, I, I had a choice. Do I push my expectations for him that his homeschool should look like this or because that was causing tension. My expectations for him was causing a lot of stress on him, our relationship in our household, um, getting stuff done for him was like, but I had to, I switched my thinking and this was this, you guys, this was scary. This was a scary thing to do, but I switched it to I want to have a heart connection with him. And so that became every, that became the filter on my decisions for what his schooling looked like. And it put us in an arena I never thought of. It was a total, um, not my plan, homeschool plant path for him. But I was, I had to let go of all my expectations, all of my identity of his success in homeschool, because I was making my my identity as a good homeschool mom based on his results without having him be have ownership of his results right and so i had to make some big decisions on his homeschooling that at the time i felt like i was the black sheep in the homeschooling community <laughs> because i didn't have i'm like okay well you know what i'm letting my kid do this um yeah there's a part of me that wonders if i'm messing him up but my my goal the thought and the belief I'm holding on to is I want to have a heart connection. And this is allowing us to have a heart connection. And with hindsight, because he's he's grown, he's married, he has his own um, life. All of that, un, that non-traditional educational path that we went on with him totally prepared him for a career that was not even an, an idea back when I was homeschooling, it was, it came, it was a new career field that came out of COVID and he was primed and ready to step into it. But it was, I had to switch those thoughts and those expectations. And that was a scary thing because I wanted the security of my plan for him. Wow. I had to release that. I had to release that. Which yeah, goes that, to, you know, I was going to say that goes back to what I was saying, where our brain wants to be right. Yes. I think we cause a lot of our stress because we think it should be like 
this way. It's those expectations. Yeah. And, and it's hard for our brains to let go because, it, oh, wait, if we, if I let go of my plan and I don't allow my child to go on their own journey. Yes. Uh, yeah. Right. What if they fail? Then I'm going to be a failure. Right. And it's just like, you're saying you're hinging your identity on your child's results. And that's a lot of pressure. No kidding. All of you. No kidding. And like when I first started homeschooling with my oldest one, I had a um, homeschool path from preschool all the way to high school mapped out for her. Oh my goodness. Okay. For those of you walking a journey, uh, it never looks like your <laughs> map that you made. There's detours. And I, if I would have stayed with my map, there would have been no flexibility and I would have been stressed out the whole time, overwhelmed. But I had to let go and be okay with walking the journey with them and yeah. getting feedback and not making it right or wrong. Like this is a right decision or this is a wrong decision. Rather that, rather thinking in this moment with all the information we have, this is the decision we're making. And so we're going to take some action on this and then we'll get some feedback from the decision we made. And then we can navigate where that goes. And that's what I had to, to do with the educational path for my son, which totally took me out of my comfort zone. But that was where I started recognizing what I have control over is what I'm telling myself. My thoughts, I don't have control over, like I could have exerted, like if I exerted control, like son, you're going to do this path. I wouldn't have had that heart connection with him. He would, as soon as he would be old enough to leave, he'd be gone and not want to have, you know, there would have been a barrier and I, that my heart did not want that, but I had to step out of the way. And part of that was releasing my expectations and being aware of what I'm telling myself. So the end part of this acronym, so it's learn is the new thoughts. And what we talked about earlier is it's not just one and done. It's not like I thought one time okay, I want to have a heart connection. I want to keep the heart connection. I didn't just think that once. I'll tell you what, every time we started having some friction, I had to tell myself, you know what? I want to have a heart connection with him. I wonder what's really underneath this behavior. I want to have a heart connection with him. I wonder how I can really support his interests and passion. And that shifted things for me. Yeah. So good. So good. And I do want to clarify too, you said you have these beautiful plans all written out from preschool to high school. And I want to say it's not bad to have plans. Right. I, I think it's great right. to have plans, but what we need to have is flexible plans. Yes. <laughs> and know? when you have a preschool, like I made the plans with when she was in preschool. Yeah. So did I leave any room for her own skills, purpose, identity, giftings, talents. No, because she was still growing in them. She was still a preschooler. Yeah. We don't I was like, no, this is what we're going to do. No, no. And so, yes, there is, there's planning, but there's flexible planning. Right. So we can make plans. We just have to be open enough to change them. And, yes. and I always say too, for me, I feel a lot more, a lot better about being able to change the plans. If I have some plans in the first place, yeah. But you have to allow yourself that first. Like if I don't have any plans and I'm just trying to make it up on the fly, um, that can be really stressful too. 
you right. know, so there yeah. is a balance in there. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so- it's all, it's all what we're telling ourselves because I was holding on to the plan to be my security ticket that yes. this, if we do this, then I will be a good homeschool mom. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, it's this, this is where we kind of get tripped up sometimes is we think uh, we're talking about expectations, which are, which are actually good to have, Yes. but not if we're holding on to them and not expressing them or not, um, or, or basing our whole identity on the expectations yep. of other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but yeah, you're so right though, with the, that whole process of learning that really what it is, what it is, is learning to change our thoughts to serve us so that we can become the people, the mother that we want to be, but, um, it's, it's not easy. It really isn't easy, but it's doable. And I think that there's also a level of like grace we need to give ourselves Mm -hmm. because we, we might have this, this realization. Yes. I'm living in survival mode. Yes. I'm spent. I've been stressed out. And then we want to heap on guilt. Guilt does nothing. It does not serve you. It's not, you're not going to like get a star by having guilt. Like, no, but it's like having this grace of saying, I'm on this journey. This is a new step I'm taking. I am not going to feel comfortable. So why should I have that expectation? that I should feel comfortable. I, this is new. It's not going to look pretty when I, when I execute whatever task or new thing. Right. And so it's like giving us that permission to, um, enjoy the moments and have kind of be a little messy with them. Not like messy as in sloppy, but like giving yourself that permission to not be perfect at it. And you're just getting freedom in, in little steps. Like you're letting go of, um, those stories that aren't working for you, those limiting beliefs, but it is a process, Mm -hmm. the process. And, and so I will still have to this day, even though I have this awareness, I will still catch myself in a limiting belief. That's just part of growth. That's part of the journey. If you are growing every new level that you go into, every new season that you go into, there is going to be new mindset that need to be tackled or new um, layers of a mindset that you've already uncovered. It will show up in this new level. It doesn't mean you've gone back to zero. It just means in this new level, this new season, it's showing up like this again and you get to choose how to tackle it. And so this is just part of growth is to, to go through like, okay, it's not one and done. I get to, I get to just walk it out. Yeah. Well, and I think what often happens for us as we go along our journey, you know, we'll, we'll start to get in a rhythm and maybe we'll start thinking, oh yeah, I got this. I got this figured out, but then something will come up. like another baby, a job change, or, I mean, and maybe it's not even that big, but there's always something. Maybe it's just the change of the seasons, right? Correct. But there's always something that's going to flip it. And often what we, um, 
what we think to ourselves is, oh, I should have this figured out by now. Right. Why am I struggling? Well, it's just because it's a new shift. It's a new change. It's a new season. And that goes right back to what you were saying is we got to look at what we're thinking. What's mm-hmm. the story we're telling about this new thing that has shown up in our life to throw a, a curveball? Right, right. And for those of you who might be listening or you're like, okay, I, I can get on board now with, with, I can see how our thoughts are important, but I'm still in this survival mode. I'm still feeling all that. That's where you also get to tie in working on your nervous system and just some hacks with that, some quick hacks with that. When you're feeling overwhelmed, go for a walk. When you're feeling overwhelmed, like go, go move your body somehow. You can go ahead and and shift things like work with your actual body, the nervous system part and your thoughts. That's, what's going to like really, um, help you move into this new direction. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up too, because you mentioned earlier that a lot of times our responses when we when we hit a problem or a challenge or something, we think, what should I do? But that actually is a valid question because sometimes doing something can help us yes. navigate. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're saying, walk, move, maybe just go wash a dish or two, you yeah. know? Because yeah. a lot of times overwhelm, we just don't know where to start. Yes, it's, and, and with overwhelm, it does take action to get out of overwhelm mm-hmm. it and it does. might not be the whole action. It's just yeah. one little step. Yeah. But just moving or doing, doing something yep. can help us shift enough so that we can change the sh- thoughts. Yes. Sometimes we're stuck in those thoughts and we can't, we literally cannot do anything about them until we actually move. Yep. Yep. That's why I like, um, um, I don't know if, any of you have done cold plunging, cold showers, all of that. That's the same thing. It can help stop a loop. Now, if you don't want to do the whole thing of a cold shower, cold plunge, get an ice cube, put it on the back of your neck. If you're finding yourself in like this stress, anxiety loop, put an ice cube. Cause what you're doing is you're just trying to, um, disrupt the little pattern that your brain and your body is stuck in, in that moment so that you could take a deep breath, like deep breathing. It also is really good deep breath to be able to think about your thinking Yeah. to be able to decide what is the one next step. And that's the, actually, that's one of the things I tell myself often because we look uh, at things to be this whole big entity that we have to conquer. Instead, it's like, what is the one next step? not the whole thing. What's the one next step I can take? Yes. And sometimes even just that can be overwhelming because we're like, well, I could do this. I could do that. I could do this. And sometimes it really doesn't matter. You just exactly a next step. (laughs) Yes, exactly. No, because it's not the, what's the one next right step. That's what we start putting in our, our mind. Oh, what's the one right next, but like, no, it's like, what's one step I could take. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because I think sometimes, um, especially when you're in survival mode, you, you look around the house and you're like, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. You know? And so all, 
it, it and then you start feeling like I, I can't even make decisions right. because right. I don't know where to start. And, and really when you're in that space, the best thing you can do is just choose something that's going to right. move you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even matter what it is. Correct. Yep. That unlocks that overwhelm part because part of the overwhelm is the decision to know what, what in the world to do next, because we see the next 20 steps that we should, usually there's an expectation that we should have or be doing, but now it's like, no, let's, okay. What's one thing I can do right now. And it might not be what you think is big. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It could be the one next thing I could do right now is sit on the couch and read one chapter of the book. And that's all the school we get done today. (laughs) That could be, and that's okay. There are seasons and days where that might be the one step. Well, and I have done a lot of schooling that way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's crazy because you think that's not enough. Right. And you know what? It's amazing because I took the little steps that I could, even if it was just reading aloud, they still learn. Yep. (laughs) They do still learn. You can't stop them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that, that is one big secret of a homeschool mom of seven. Often it really is just reading aloud a chapter. (laughs) Yep. Or an audiobook. Yeah. Car schooling. We did a lot of car schooling too, which were audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Or even bathroom schooling, where I just posted a you know multiplication chart in the bathroom yes. for the captive yes. audience. <laughs> yes, for sure. You know, yeah. I mean, it's so interesting because we do put all those expectations on ourselves in homeschooling, where we think, oh, we got to teach this, this, and this for first grade, this, this, and this for second grade, and truly, we do not. Mm-hmm. We don't. No. And, and I had to get to a point where I had to let go of those expectations and say, my priorities were, I want my kids to love to learn. I want them to love learning. I want them to know how to learn on their own. I want them to be critical thinkers. And I want them to, to know how to serve others well, like to see needs around. And so that, that when I recognize that, you know, there's not just I can't just give them a certain amount of knowledge and they're going to turn out. That's like my golden ticket to make sure that they turn out. Okay. Mm -hmm. If I could equip them to know how to love to learn and to know how to find information, to be critical thinkers, like right there, any gaps they can figure out on their own. Yep. And when you let them learn and find their passion, they're going to do that. Yep. They totally are. Yeah, it's it's crazy because really most of us never were taught how to homeschool, right? (laughs) But for some reason, we all kind of go into it thinking, oh, I've read a couple books. I should be great at this. And, you know, maybe you are. But really, there's no precedent for this, which makes it even harder. But it's, it's, it's just like with any new skill we learn. There's always a learning curve. We're always going to run into struggles. We're always going to run into challenges. But I think kind of especially with homeschool, because, you know, we don't really have a ton of 
homeschool classes or whatever, you know, like public schools have teacher trainings all the time. And yet we put all this pressure on ourselves to say, oh, well, I should know how to do this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which every family is different. Every, um, and then every family has different seasons too. Mm -hmm. And so you have the, the opportunity to be super curious about what will work for your family. What will work for us right now? You know what? It might not have worked in the last season, but it might work now. Like be super curious because you are the expert for your family. I know. And sometimes I hated it when people said that because I'm like, I I don't know what to do. Right. But it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. It's a lot. It is a lot of trial and error. And it is also choosing to believe that you are really called to homeschool your kids because most people do I would say most homeschool moms I've talked to feel like they've been called because why else would we do this crazy thing right (laughs) and you know it's really just learning to trust yourself and when what you try doesn't work it doesn't mean you're a failure right it just means that didn't work it's just like Thomas Edison's you know I know it's getting feedback Right. It's, getting, it's getting feedback when we can view yeah. yeah, because we we're wanting that, that right result or whatever. But, and so when we get a what we would call a negative result or whatever, um, instead of saying, oh no, I messed up. I can't do this anymore. It's like, no, I got new feedback. Yeah. I got some good feedback here that certain things need to shift. Yep. And based on this feedback, the next step I'm going to take is this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to circle back to the beginning when you were telling your story and you mentioned that you were feeling overwhelmed, stressed out in survival mode. I mean, we've been there, done that. (laughs) It's not fun. And it's hard too, because you can't see the way out. Correct. Until you start shifting your thinking but one thing you said was, is, you know, I, there was something that happened and I realized I don't want this to be my life. I don't want to sh- have my kids remember me as the stressed out mama, you know, mm-hmm. always grumpy and angry. And I, I did the same thing. I thought the same thing. And what I do want to say is the beautiful thing is we don't have to homeschool perfectly. Right. Yet, are going to be stressed out sometimes, right. <laughs> but we can shift it so that more generally, we're not always stressed out and we are happier and we are creating those good memories with our kids while they're learning. And, but the, this is the hindsight part, the gift of right. hindsight. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I asked my oldest son <laughs> recently, if he remembered some of those first really hard years of homeschooling when I was that stressed out mama and I was making him do his schoolwork. And uh, yeah, I, when I really felt like I was a mess and this is the beautiful thing. He has no recollection of that at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they forget. <laughs> that's a yeah. beautiful thing. Now, that's not to say that not that every child isn't going to remember or whatever, because all the kids are making up their own stories too. Right. They are. Right. <laughs> so it's not like we can control that, but we can control ourselves and we can 
change our story so we can show up more like that mom that we want to be more of the time. So there's a greater chance that is what our kids remember. Right. And that is the gift of hindsight where we can see that, you know what? I did something imperfectly and I could have probably done it better. But in that season, that's all I knew how to do. That's all I knew um, how to react. Um, and so I got to give myself grace for that because that's what I was doing. I, that's the best I could do in that season. That's in hindsight, I could see I could have done something, but that's a hindsight. That's the gift of hindsight, right? It, but we can't. And so then we're like, it's okay. I'm learning, I'm growing. Um, and on that journey, I'm learning to enjoy the journey instead of waiting to get to the destination for the enjoyment, for the happiness, for the satisfaction. I can have satisfaction and joy during the journey. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing we're doing too is as we allow ourselves to mess up and learn from the fit, what we call the failures, I actually call them learning opportunities. Yes, yep, they are. Not always initially, because I don't always remember. Initially, I usually <laughs> just complain until it clicks in, right? And then I'm like, oh, wait a second. This is a learning opportunity. Great. <laughs> Let's learn something. But yeah, as we mess up, because that actually is 100% guarantee. Mm-hmm. In, you are going to mess up. it's going to happen. But as we do that, and as we mess up, and as we adjust, we're teaching our kids how to navigate the learning journey. Yes. Modeling it. If we try to show them everything perfectly, they're never going to learn how to get through all those obstacles on their paths. Right. Yeah. And that's the gift we get to give our children. Yeah. I mean, that is a really good way to reframe that story instead of saying, oh my gosh, I'm messing this up. I'm failing my kids. No, I'm not. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to learn from this and I'm going to adjust. We're going to learn together. Yes. Yes. Which is a total reframe of, oh, I'm not a good homeschool mom. Like that's, no, we get to, we get to do this journey together. We get to get feedback on the decisions we're making. We get to enjoy this moment, this season, because it's not going to be forever. Which in sometimes is kind of sad, but I know, <laughs> but yeah, it's always going to change. Well, I want to just thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to hop on here and share your wisdom and knowledge and experience and encouragement because really that's what we want to do here is encourage you that if we can do make these changes and figure out how to change our thoughts and reframe our stories then you can too so and why don't you go ahead and tell us where our audience can get in touch with you (laughs) well thank you so much molly for having me on um, there is a, a journal that you can print out that kind of goes along with some of what we've been talking about, and that will be in the show notes, but you can find me at maureenspell.com or at Facebook, it's Mo Spell, Instagram, Maureen Spell. So I would love to connect and uh, hear about you and your homeschool journeys. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And that journal, um, it's called, tell us what it's called. 
Um, it's called um, Navigating New Seasons. So it's mom brain hacks to help identify priorities and eliminate decision-making fatigue, which happens a lot in new seasons. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah, I think that'll be so valuable because yeah, we do, we are going to have the new seasons. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, Christmas comes every year. Why, why do we sometimes get surprised by that? Right, <laughs> right. So, I mean, if, if we are more intentional and think about things ahead of time. And then when new seasons do arise, we can figure out how to navigate them. Yep. More smoothly and Correct. hopefully avoid some of the overwhelm that can come sometimes when we have new situations come up in our lives. Yeah. And, and the main strategy I use for that is creating decision-making filters. And I talk about that in that journal. Okay, perfect. Sounds awesome. I'll definitely check that out too. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Molly. Thanks for listening to the Building Heroes podcast. Can you help more people join the Building Heroes movement by sharing this podcast? More people can find it when you subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review. For more help on building heroes in your home, get the free Building Heroes resources at www.buildingheroesacademy.com.